It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipit.tv. Hey guys, John Barchard here. You guys know how much I love to play fantasy football. So I need you to listen up because I want you to join the highest rated fantasy football app. It's called Draft. You get to play in a real live snake draft, but be done in under five minutes. And they last just for one week. Drafts start every couple of minutes, so you can join right now for week seven. And the best part is you get to play for cold hard cash and get this your chances of winning are 80 percent better than on the salary cap sites on all the dfs sites because you're always trying to figure out okay where should i start this guy and the value and i don't have enough money to do all that stuff it doesn't happen on draft you get a selection of every premium player you just got to be the smartest one in the room it's a six player snake draft so you get in you get out tournaments start from one dollar to a thousand dollars to everything in between three person drafts six person drafts on and on the options are limitless and all new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit all you have to use is promo code bgnr that's right play a real money game for free just by using promo code bgnr and it gets even better draft is so sure that you'll love it that they are offering BGN Radio listeners a money-back guarantee up to $100. No excuses now. Just search Draft in your app store or go to Draft.com and come play for free right now with promo code BGNR. You're listening to BGN Radio. Well, it came down to what's best for our football team and uh, quite frankly, what's best for Trevor's future. The team was okay with it. They trust, obviously, Brock. We wanted a veteran presence in our quarterback room, a guy who's played in big games, a guy who can lead our offense if something like this would happen. I'm excited about Brock. Um, watching him in meetings this morning, it's definitely a, uh, a guy that's played football, you know, a lot of football at a high level. So he's excited, I'm excited, his teammates are excited. So the Denver Broncos are coming into town to play the Philadelphia Eagles, the best team in the NFL. And they, they bring the secret weapon of Brock Osweiler. It is going to be a shit show. And you can hear him laughing. Teron Davenport is with me. Barrett Brooks is with me. From uh, the Next Level Podcast, also known as... The, uh, 
That's right. <laughs> what we have today, folks, it's a collaboration. We're going to the preview show and the Next Level podcast. So we're going to call it the Next Level Preview Show. Bam. And yeah, I'm Vince Quinn here with you. And we got so much to talk about. So the first thing, obviously, is uh, the Eagles have gone through a lot in the past week. So, you know, first impressions, what you take away from San Francisco and, and where the team is at this point. Like for me, uh, I see a team that is still riding high because, look, you stomped out San Francisco just like you should have. And then you get a Jai in the mix here. And, like, as the Eagles, you got to feel great about everything, right? Like, you just got stronger as the top team in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, as a team, they should definitely feel great because of they're coming off a win. And, again, they have the best record in the league. I think defensively, that's what I, I – regardless of the whether or not a Jai has, has come aboard – I think the thing that you really hang your hat on is the defense because that defense, the, the secondary came through. <laughs> no question. And in talking to Jalen Mills, one of the things I really liked was how he was able to take what he saw on, on film and apply it to the field. But then in addition to that, the trust. That's when you know you have a team. When you could, without hesitation, jump a route like he did and not worry about not having that protection over top if – in fact, that route was going to be turned up into a double move. So that's what I like about this team. When you look at the, the guys up front, you got Fletcher Cox is playing ridiculously. And then you got BG, you know, Barnett had to block uh, field goal. These guys are playing at maximum level. You can't forget the linebackers. You know we always like to talk about the LBs. So Nigel Bradham and Kendricks. That's my take. Offensively, yeah, there's, there's some things to be excited about. You hit the home run with Alshon, so that's a good thing. No question. If you look at also, just like you're saying with the defense, defensive line, everything correlates to the other. Defensive line were playing reckless out there, just rushing the passer. They couldn't stop them. They went from their 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 starting right tackle was out. They had their backup right tackle and they knocked him out the game. And the backup to the backup right tackle was in the game. <laughs> they tried to knock him out. The starting left tackle, Pro Bowler, got ate alive by whoever was over there. Whether it was was uh, Brandon Graham, whether it was. Uh, 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 Derek Barnett. It, it didn't matter who was over there. Uh, Chris Long just ate him alive. And then you know to think that we had a secondary that looks like they're all pro because the guys up front and the guys up front looking like old pro because the guys at back are giving you know keeping them from being able to pass the ball with these quick passes. Just goes to show Derek is a complete defense, and that's that's what I got out of the whole game. They relied on the defense to carry him as opposed to the offense carrying his team. Yeah, it was crazy. I was watching the the condensed version of the game, just going back, and you know, it was crazy because you'd see the defensive line before the snap, and then they're they're going out and they're just beating the crap out of Bethard, and then it's the next play, and then it's the same thing over again. Like it felt like I was watching the tide roll in and out every ten seconds as these guys are just in the backfield and just knocking him around. I mean, the, the defense was just great in that game. So, yeah, the defense is a huge thing, and like for this week. You got Denver, and looking at the offense, like Brock Osweiler, I can't even say it, Brock Osweiler in a quarterback, and like I'm looking at the Eagles' defense in this one, and I'm I'm thrilled about the matchup. No question, no. Brock is going to get beat up a little bit, you know, and, and we can't set him short. You know, if we went five and two on their Super Bowl year run, and uh, he was an integral part of them guys winning the Super Bowl, even though they gave it and handed it off to, you know, to to to, to all world Peyton Manning. But you know he 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 played great during that time period. Once he had, he went five and two. Um, he went to the Texans, got paid what was it seventy million, got traded, or went to Cleveland, licked them for a little bit, 
and and they released him for uh for for you know for nothing and he's getting paid by them right now and playing for the Broncos. So he's playing essentially for free for the Broncos and uh you know it, it's crazy that his 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 career went full circle and now he's going to go against the best defense probably I think in the NFL at this point the way they're playing. He's going to get beat up also. I mean, it's not as though they can run the ball on this defense. So, you know, he's going to have to go out there and pass a little bit. You know those shirts that they that they have where it says life is good? Right. <laughs> Brock Osweiler needs to to wear one of those permanently. No question. Because imagine, imagine leaving – this guy is stealing from two franchises. Yep. And then got the job back that he left to steal from both of these other franchises. Man, Brock Osweiler is living Super the genius. life. But – it's going to be rough this week because you have these guys up front hunting. And as you said, Barrett, they're getting to the quarterback. No question. And it's one of those things where they're going to keep getting to the quarterback. You look at the, the rookie uh, left left tackle, Garrett Bowles. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because when I watched him at Utah, he reminded me a lot of Joe Staley. Yep. <laughs> and, and, and this is Joe Staley's a guy that they just got done housing repetitively against the 49ers. So I can't wait to see that that matchup there. And with all the attention going to Von Miller, I think these guys on the defensive end, you know, for the Eagles, they're going to look to try to make a name of their own. Well, yep, you're absolutely right on that, you know, so. Yeah, no question, because, like, for Derek Barnett especially, hey, he's first-round pick, there's a lot of expectations, and he's starting to get there. But he wasn't a story at all this season. Like Until two weeks ago, three weeks ago when he first got a sack, he's, he hasn't even been mentioned because the team's been so good and Wentz and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, they got a, a reputation to earn. And, like, getting into the matchup factor with Von Miller, too, it was so interesting because watching the last couple of games that Denver's played, He's mainly lined up, like, he'll be lined up over Lane Johnson for the most mm-hmm. part. And when right. I saw him lined up on the other side of the field, it was usually a stunt or something. Like, have you guys seen him anywhere else on the field, right? Like, well, he, They're going to try to take advantage of that. You know, of course, they got Shane Ray, who's a pretty good pass rusher also, when they do go in with their, uh, their nickel. And they're going to play a lot of nickels. I think the Eagles will go in and play a lot of uh, 11 personnel. Besides going out there and playing um, heavy personnel like they've been doing, I don't know if they'll do that. But if they do, you're gonna have Shane Ray from one side, and then you have, uh, you know, a really really good pass rusher uh, on the other side. So Von Miller. So it it wouldn't make sense for them to keep him over their lane. If I was them, I would flip flop and go against Big V. Mm-hmm. It says he's gonna be on the left side, and I'm I'm still. I'm still set on it, man. We should not have him over there on the left side. I don't care how much, I don't care how much you know Lane Johnson's bitching. He needs to have his ass over there on the other side, man. It seems like he doesn't want to go over there. No, to he be doesn't. With you. He doesn't want. Yeah. To. Every time he talks about that, it, it it's you easy can tell. over there. It's gravy over there. It's easy. Left tackle is hard, man. I came into the league a left tackle. Left tackle, you get that 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 premier pass rusher. And you don't want to be over there. Plus, you know, your 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 head is split up into hemispheres, and and right now his body is accustomed to going left. But I had to go to right tackle also if I wanted to stay in the league. I wanted to right. play. I had to move on left because Big Trey came in <laughs> and established himself as the starting left tackle for the rest of his career. So I had to move over to the right side. I moved to the right side and and learned how to play right tackle. I understand what he's saying. He didn't have a good showing out there the last time he went to to left tackle when he, um, when they played against Buffalo in preseason. But if you give him a week to go out there and practice, you know he'll do fine. I just don't like the facts. Let me explain this to you. 
People don't understand that when you run offenses, you have to have, you know, a right-handed quarterback. You want the tight end to the right side. You want your three-receiver side to that right side. It kind of messes up your footwork when you have to send help to the other side because now your tight end's over there, your running back's over there, and you're helping a guy. Now your read goes from one right to left. Now it's got to go left to right because now your strong side is on your left side. So it, it totally, totally messes up the mechanical on how he's going to drop back in his pass every single time now as opposed to him, you know, back, you know, dropping back on his right side. You know, people don't don't understand the dynamics of that. Also, you have to call the whole offense differently with a uh, with a guy that's on the left side that, that that's not as good as the the right tackle too. Mm-hmm. If you look at this, was a dominant left run uh, left running team. Well, they couldn't run left last week. You know, they're going to have to start running right. So like, there's another dynamic of how they're going to have to run the ball. There's a lot of stuff that goes involved with. That. That's why I said move. You know, move to the left side. Stop being selfish. You my guy, get on over there, Lane, and start left tackle. <laughs> well, well, real quick, Barrett, because here's the thing: like for Lane Johnson, he's been playing right tackle, and you are getting some premier pass rushers on the right hand side now, right? Like Michael Bennett plays over on the right tackle. Von Miller's a guy that plays over the right tackle. Khalil Mack, uh, is it as important as now left to right if if the pass rushers are lining up on the right hand side? Absolutely, absolutely. Not just because you're the premier pass rushers. Not necessarily pass rushers, period. It's more to do with Carson being able to see where this rush is coming from on his front side. It doesn't matter who the pass rusher is. If he can see what's going on on the side, if, 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 if Big V gets beat and is more likely to get beat rather than on the right side, he's more likely to get beat on the left side, he can't see it. So that's his backside. Mm-hmm. I don't want Carson to start seeing ghosts because if he gets beat, he gets hit. It's not necessarily him hitting the the defensive end hitting the quarterback, but every once in a while coming up and just tapping on the shoulder, hey, I was almost there. I was right there whispering his ear, hey, I'm right here, I'm right here. After a while, it starts taking effect on you. Like, all right, if he is right here, he might hit me. And when he has Big V there, he's not like he uh, he was all comfortable like he was when 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 he had Jason Peters there. So those are little things and that that I've seen and I played against defensive end have done that. Charles Haley, he'd be a mile away from, but as he's walking back to um back to his side of the line of scrimmage, he'll come up to Rodney Pete. Hey man, I was almost there. He wasn't even close to being there. But still establishing. But staying yeah. that and yeah. establishing that, it puts a little something <laughs> in the quarterback's mind. Like, man, what if he was there? Even though he didn't feel him, he didn't touch him, he was a mile away from him. Those are little tricks of the trade that good defensive ends do, and you don't want your quarterback to be thinking like that. Well, the other thing for the Eagles, because we're talking about the offensive line here, uh, one thing that really stood out was that they got beat a lot last week. Yes. I mean, the, the San Fran D-line was just crushing them. And they got, look, they got a lot of big, athletic, younger guys out there. So I'm not too surprised. But uh, going up against the Denver front, which is one of the best run-stopping fronts in the entire NFL, uh, I'm, I'm a little worried about that matchup in the running game. I don't know how you guys feel. Yeah, I think when you look at some of these guys, and uh, one of the unheralded players on this front, I mean, obviously Derek Wolf is starting to get his attention, but the addition of Demata Pecco ha- has really helped them. And he's there in the middle, and he, he has experience playing in this type of defense from his days in Cincinnati, and he's there in the middle, and he, he's holding his own ground. And he's really against the run. To me, he's what makes everything tick. But then another thing that's underrated about Von Miller's game is how active he is against the run. 
Everybody knows him as a pass rusher, but the guy is able to find his way to the football, especially pursuing it from the opposite side. You know, he'll run down a running back and, and, and tackle him behind the line of scrimmage for a loss. And that's something that a high motor, when you talk about Brandon Graham, you, you know, yeah. and Derek Barnett at, at Tennessee, you know, high motor, and that's what you get from him. So that's definitely a factor. But in addition to that, you've got a group in the secondary. Those guys will come up and, and they'll they'll try to split your wig too. You know, Justin Simmons, I, I really I remember him coming out of Boston College. I watched him for a week at, at the shrine the shrine game and the practices, and I fell in love with his game. You know, he, he has no problem coming up and, and making a play against the run. He's so rangy on the back end. He is the one that actually pushed uh, T.J. Ward out of the door and, and became the starter. Not so, a small feat either. N- not a small feat. And even Bradley, Bradley Robry in the, in the nickel, he'll come up. These guys, when it comes to playing the run, they, they will sell out to do it. And that's why I think play action could be a, a good a good thing to go to this week. Also, if you look at those guys, I don't see how they don't get called for as many penalties as they do. They beat receivers up. Yeah, they're ten yards down the field, still yanking and taunting and 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 and, and pushing these guys, and 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 they don't nothing happens. They don't call them at all. Chains it's like they scared man. them. Yeah, it's like they scared of them, man. I, I don't I don't understand it. They play such an aggressive style of defense, and they're way beyond five yards. They're ten yards, fifteen yards down the field. And 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 Aqib Talib is just like he's just yo. That's that's a Debo cornerback. Right. I, I'm look. Yeah. He literally ripped the chain off Michael Crabtree's neck. Like anybody that does that. Like me personally, that happened to me. Yo, we probably would fight even if I saw you now. Right. You know what I mean? It happened last year. <laughs> I'm seeing Crabtree didn't do anything. Yeah, I'm trying to see you wherever you at, man. But th- that's what I'm talking about. He t- he took Crabtree's heart, and he does that to a lot of. Uh, Receivers, but Chris Harris the same way. Yeah, Chris Harris too. But yeah. you know, my 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 man Steve Smith had to you know kind of check all that. You know, <laughs> ice up, son. That incident. You know what I mean? I love Steve Smith, man. It, 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 he was fun to watch. But yeah, you're right though. This secondary, there there's something else. What do you think, Vince? Well, yeah, like I, I looked at the secondary, and one of the impressive things about them is it's not only that they can man guys up and and stay step for step, but when they're in the open field, those guys can tackle, too. Yeah, they can. Uh, yeah, they can. And when you've got two corners in, in Harris and Tlaib that can man up and have a little bit of a nasty side to them where they can lock guys down like that, I mean, it's, you know, like the whole thing before was like Revis Island. Well, you've got it on both sides of the mm-hmm. field. So so there's no easy matchup here for the Eagles to exploit where you want to throw to the weak corner. Like Seattle, it's the guy who isn't Richard Sherman. You might try to throw at him. Right. But, but <laughs> Denver, it doesn't have that. And when you've got good safeties as well, like it, it's one of those things Things where you're always trying to, to pick up at the opposing matchup and be like, all right, what can we do here that they clearly can't really stop and, and what's easy to exploit? Well, when they've got corners that are that good, and, and the receivers are good here, but uh, there's no clear matchup where you say like, all right, well, we've got the size thing and Jeffrey's going to be able to bully those guys because mm-hmm. they can handle it. Uh, Aguilar's been good in the slot, but Roby's a decent slot guy. So it's not like there's a huge mismatch there. Like, it, it, There's just no easy answer in the passing game. Uh, the, the play-action stuff, I think, is a great idea because anything you can do to get these guys off a step or two, like Carson's been so precise, that, and the way the plays are run, like there, there's so many little windows that pop up. So Wentz can, can feed it in there and make it work, but... 
man, it's not there's no bread and butter like the Giants uh, a couple of weeks ago when the Giants came into town. The thing was like, all right, Odell Beckham Jr. is really fast. Marshall's a great short-range guy. You can run slants with those guys all day and it'll work. And it did. Uh, the Eagles don't have that kind of matchup going into this. And that's the thing that, as a fan, you want to be geared up and be like, oh, yeah, we're great and Denver's offense sucks. But the the offense versus the defense, it's it's really not as easy as people might think it is. No, and especially, I think, Alshon, they're going to try to take him out of the game and they're going to be a beat up on him, you know, because he's not as fast and as quick as those other guys. So they're going to beat up on him, which is going to allow them to open up on the other side. I think this is a game where you're going to have to get your son. He's going to have to be a factor in My this son. game. <laughs> he's going to have to be a factor. You know, this should be a game where Nelson Aguilar really, you know, takes it on and, 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 and becomes that player that I've wanted him to be and, and he could be. He has to show his quickness and his elusiveness to get away and you know create that separation. Him and Ertz have to be keys in this game. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned Ertz because that's where I was going, uh, Vince, when you were talking about matchups. I think that's the matchup that they could win. If And watching, I think it was the Chargers game. And I watched how they did some different things with play action and also with motion just to get uh, Hunter Henry matched up against Darian Stewart. Yep. And that allowed them to, to, to win in that aspect because like the Eagles, even though uh, my man from Cal, uh, oh, I, I, what is his name? The receiver, third, Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen. Even oh, though yeah. Keenan, Keenan Allen is an outstanding receiver, that's not an area where they could win. And I think it's a similar situation here. So you create those matchups. And Darian Stewart, you actually saw it in the uh, the Kansas, Thursday the Kansas, Kansas City, City game. The, game. the Kelsey play. Ooh. Did you see that? They yeah. isolated. They isolated Kelsey and, and on on Stewart. Ran that slow go. That was a good route too. No and like Kelsey, Ertz could run really good routes. He doesn't have the same explosiveness. That, that Kelsey has, but that's one of the ways that they could win this football game, at least from an offensive. Uh, it, 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 was, it was a slow go. He was outside. Um, he ran it just quick, and, and stemmed, he stemmed him inside and leaned and went to the slant and then went upfield. Oh, okay, yeah, slow, okay. And, uh, man, it was, it was a good route. Alex Smith hit him, who I don't know what's gotten into Alex Isn't Smith. is it crazy? Because suddenly he's a downfield. I remember when I used to cover the 49ers, and every time I would watch them, the safeties would just – they would line up almost in the backfield. They were so unconcerned about <laughs> how deep he went. But anyway, uh, I think that's an opportunity for them. Well, yeah, you know, that is something I noticed. There was a couple of times where it was always Stewart in coverage too, uh, where if teams went deep and it worked – it was usually against Stewart. So if they can get that matchup, uh, absolutely go for it and go for it a lot. Now, the other thing is, and naturally a lot of people are curious, you've got Jay Ajayi here in the mix, and uh, you wonder, like, what kind of impact can he be in this game? At least, like, he's not going to get many carries. I don't suspect that. But what I'm expecting is Denver's a really gritty, tough front seven that they got there. So at least you've got a guy that's aggressive and falls forward. You know, for him and Blunt, it's it's the same kind of thing. So I I like that matchup and I like the opportunities there. Uh, it's far better than if they trade it for like a scat back, you know, quick cutting kind of guy like a Chris Thompson, for example. Right. So I like that they got a Jai and a a Jai. I'm trying. I'm still trying to. Jay, you know, oh, I don't know. J Jai, Jason, whatever you want to call. Yeah, J Train is, is the nickname. So <laughs> J Train. Yeah, J Train. So like. Uh, I, I don't think he's going to get even. Like maybe he gets thirty yards. I don't know twenty. I, I don't like. 
right? <laughs> like he's not going to do a lot, but I feel like the the style that he has paired with Blunt is something that could be helpful in this game. They're pretty much the same back, you know. Yeah. Um, Jay Jai, I'm you know when he when he spoke at the press conference. The guys sound like Slick Rick, man. <laughs> you know, when you hear him talk. <laughs> yeah, Rick British the Ruler. Accent. He said, Coach Douche. <laughs> I was cracking. <laughs> so it was like, you know, when I think of him, uh, that's all I, I – or when, when you mentioned him, that's all I think about. But um, I don't think he's really going to be that much of a factor in, in, in this game. And I don't see in him – In the offense. Yeah. Right uh, you well, know, it's just like you mentioned, Barrett, before we got on, it's just not a lot, enough – carries to distribute and one of the things that that I've continuously said about Ajay while he's a very good back he's a certain kind of back and this goes back to a conversation for you guys that have been listening to BGN throughout the draft season John Barchard and I had a conversation about Leonard Fournette and uh, uh, Dalvin Cook and I never felt that Fournette was a fit here because he's a volume running back well guess exactly what um, Ajayi is a volume running back. So that's where there could be a problem down the line. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, you know, with that, you you have the situation of a running back not pressing too much, right? W- what was the thing that, that, that Coach Gay said on Friday after the game? We got to take what's right there, the four or five yards, instead of always trying to hit the home run. He was talking to Jay Ajayi yeah. when he said that. Right, so now you look at a situation where he's going to get even less carries. How is he going to avoid pressing too much in this situation? That's my concern when I'm looking at the matchup with, with him and, and, and the Eagles. Well, just out of curiosity, like how many yards in the running game do you guys think? Because for me, I'm, I'm thinking about like Denver. It, it's weird because for the Eagles, they're a really good defense against the run in part because people stop running against them early and they just don't get many attempts. So like attempts and yards, the Eagles do really well there. In terms of like yards per carry, they're somewhere in the middle. Last I checked, I think they were like 12th. Denver is one of those teams where people run against them a lot, but they continuously shut them down. I mean, mm-hmm. they're just such an aggressive. And like you mentioned, Pecco earlier, and he's so good in the middle. It's just, you know, the two, two gap, read his man, throw someone off, make the play. So uh, just just for the hell of it, like an over under. Right. Uh, what do you think of like 70 rushing yards in this one? I mean, is that. I'm taking no. the under. See? I'm, I'm taking the over on this, you know, and, and the only reason why I'm taking the over on this is because these guys going to want to go out there and show out. It has nothing to do with statistically me having any kind of next-level statistics or anything like that. I just really believe that they're going to try to go out there and show and impose their will. We don't want to get in a game where we have to pass a lot on this team, mm. and that's, that's the biggest thing. We yeah. don't want that. We're going to have to establish the run. If we go out there pass, we go right into what they want us to do. That's what they do. They pass defenders. They want to get up the field, rush, pin their ears back, and have all these matchups, you know, one-on-one matchups against uh, our offensive tackle. So I think we're going to have – in order for us to win this game, we need to have right around about 130, 140 yards rushing. Ooh. So I'm going with the over. Hmm. Doubling the over. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, you, you know, I like that because we always talk on the Next Level Podcast, we always talk about as an offense – imposing your will, dictating to them what it is you're going to do. That's an example of doing that. I just I want to see Doug Peterson and, and, and the coaching staff, I want to see if they're going to stick to it if it's not working. That's what I want to see. You have to because you know, people think that a three-yard run is not a good run. A three-yard run is a damn good run. You take four of those, that's a first down. 
And people don't understand. That's 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 where you run the ball. I won a Super Bowl not because we were the best team in the league, but because we had the attitude nobody's going to stop us. We'll give the Bussy the ball three times, and we're guaranteed to have a fourth, a first down. And that's what we do. You go out there, you run the rock, all right, Bussy will get two yards here. Give the Bussy the ball again, he'll get six. Turn right back around, we give it to him again, he'll get five. These changes move, and we keep on going. And then all of a sudden we put uh, we put um, fast Willie Parker in there, and he'll bust it for 60 yards. Home run. Well, this uh, this offense got to be the same way. We got to go out, run the ball. And the good thing about playing against a 314, there are natural bubbles in the 3-4 system. And if they mess around and they blitz it and you catch them in the blitz and you hit it right, you're up on a second level. And that's what you right. want to try against this team. Well, yeah. And so with the running game, like one of the nice things is because, like you're saying, 130, 140 yards on the ground, it's going to take a lot of rushing attempts. Yes. And for what it's worth, now you've got five, <laughs> five running backs on the roster, which is crazy because it's the second time this season. It's just so many. But you have a lot of guys that do a little bit of different things, and now if you really want to just tire Denver out, you can get Ajayi, you can get Blunt, you can just keep throwing them in there. They'll both stay fresh, and you can still tire out Denver and, and do all the things the Eagles well, do. Let right? me ask you this. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Who's not dressing this game? Well... <sighs> Uh, I would figure I'm posing to both of you. <laughs> yeah, I would figure it's Clement, right? Like, because Barner I, has shown his value as a special teams guy. So unless Clement's going to be so the one returning kicks, well, not even returning kicks as far as covering kicks. coverage. I'm going to say Smallwood. Hey, hey, y'all know I like Smallwood. You <laughs> yeah. know, I'm an advocate of Smallwoods, but I want to say it's going to be Smallwood. He doesn't play and special teams. He doesn't Fair. play special. And you know the thing that's crazy. And I was thinking about this on on the ride over here. He's their best kick returner. Right? Yep. But Barner's their best punt returner and is sufficient returning kicks. And then if they have to, you know, they, they put Junior out back there, you know, Aguilar. They, Nelson they'll put Aguilar. Him, they'll put that, him. I call it, that's his son. Yeah. <laughs> I call Nelson his son, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, worst case scenario, that's what they could do. So I, I think when it comes to value of player, and also you look at last week, right? Yeah. And, and some of the other games, late in the game, when it's time to put it away, who's out there? Number 30. You got to get a rookie his props, man. Yeah, no, there was a big third and three play. I want to say it was two weeks ago, and the Eagles gave it to, to Clement. He was able to take it out to the left-hand side. He turned the corner. He got that first down. Yep. Like That was a really big play, and to have Clement in there said a lot about the kind of growth and respect that he's earned. Mm-hmm. So, no question. Yeah, and the Trust. other thing is, too, like it was so interesting in, uh, in the Carolina game. You saw a lot of Barner, and in the last couple of weeks, like Smallwood had it. it I can't say that I've got the snap counts in my head somewhere. Like, I haven't looked at them. But just thinking about Smallwood and the role that he's played recently, it does feel like he's not getting as many snaps. Like, last week, how many snaps? What kind of impact felt did he like have? felt like he had, like, six snaps or something. Yeah, know? right? I like, he, I didn't even notice him, really. Except the only reason I actually noticed Smallwood was because uh, his name's Ben Livingston. He's a producer with WIP. I know yeah. Ben, yeah. Yeah, so Ben, ben uh, he sent out a picture where it looked like Smallwood was wearing the number 20. Instead of number twenty-eight, his jer- it just looked different. I went back to Game Pass and tried to look at, it, and it does look like he was wearing number twenty, and and it was a really weird thing. But like that was the only thing I noticed about Smallwood in this game. <laughs> and that's you insane. know, it's yeah, like that's really bad. So maybe he is the guy that sits and uh, 
if you're getting value out of the other guys, and you know what, why not? Like Barner can catch a couple of passes if you need him to. So uh, that's receiving he element. A, he has a problem with it being healthy too, bro. That's that's well, the main thing. Yeah, best ability. You know what it is. Availability. Yeah. You know, no doubt. Well, well, that's why I like the Ajayi signings or trades so much because you get to keep all these guys fresh, and you're not overexposing Smallwood, and Blunt gets to stay fresh because it's like he's been good now, but. Like, how does he handle himself when it's week 16 of the season? Or A little chilly outside. Yeah, or mm-hmm. it's like, say, because uh, I'm dreaming big, it's the NFC Championship game. Like, how fresh is LeGarrette Blunt then with all the carries that he's taken over the course of this time? You get a Jai in here, and he can do similar things a little bit faster, and it's like, okay, now all of this makes sense. You can distribute. But, yeah, the, the deactivation game is going to be something. Mm-hmm. And I don't – I think they – well – now that Barner's proven something, you can't really cut him either, right? Like, how do you cut Barner no. at this point of the you season? Can't. He's yeah. your number one return guy right now. Yeah, so you can't cut him. You got to go with five running backs, and you know you're going to do some juggling. But five running backs on the roster this year, which is which is crazy. It's but, insane. Yeah, five <laughs> running backs and three quarterbacks now because Nate right. Sudfield. Got called up to the 53. Somebody tried to pick him up or something. Yeah, I, I would assume Patriots or Browns, you know. Uh, they ended up with, with Brian Hoyer, another guy who, who has stolen. He's, he's stolen from half the league, but he ended up right back <laughs> where he was before he started stealing in, in, in New England as a backup. Talking about, you know, talking about nine lives. They should meow their way all the way to the bank. <laughs> yeah, it's it's amazing that he's still in the league. And, and it was so funny for the Patriots, too, because as soon as the trade happened, you're like, okay, well, Hoyer's going to get cut, and he's going to go to New England. So they didn't even really trade for Hoyer, but they traded for Hoyer at the same Essentially, time. Essentially, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it was wild. All right, so one of the things we got to get in here, too, because we're talking about the Eagles and their running backs and all that, I, I want to talk about Denver and their offense because – it is a little bit of a weird thing going into this game because you watched all the tape before and it's like, okay, well, Trevor Simeon's a pretty limited guy. He doesn't handle pressure well. He's not throwing the ball down the field. Like He's, he's just a, a bit of a mess. And now he's out of the game. So it's not like Brock Osweiler is a good quarterback by any means. But uh, like I, I'm not totally buying into this, but is there something to be said for the idea that Osweiler doesn't have any recent tape with the Broncos and they can maybe pull something out of the hat they're not ready for. I don't think so because you could always go back to that to the previous tape. The personnel for the most part is the same. I mean, you have Jamal Charles in there. That's that's a, a difference. We don't know if Emmanuel Sanders, excuse me, Sanders is going to play in this game. So yeah. I think you could you could go back to to that previous tape and I mean, there's there's some tape, albeit horrible tape, from him <laughs> at Houston that, that you could go to also. And just real quick, I just saw John McMullen. He said that the, the team that was trying to sign Sudfield was the Colts. Well, the Colts? Yeah. Huh. What a mess they are, too. Yeah. I mean, what, I mean luck, man. He's, is he ever going to play again, man? I hope he doesn't play for them if he does because they're, they're just running that guy into the dirt. It's, right. <laughs> it's incredible what, they, what they've what they done to destroy one of the like safest prospects you could get at quarterback. So, he was the heir apparent. Yeah, uh-huh. and, and he was good for a couple of years, like 11 wins those first three seasons. But like getting back to what's going on with Denver, like their quarterback spot is clearly not Andrew Luck. Like You, you really can't understate 
how bad Brock Osweiler is. The guy just he he doesn't do anything particularly well. No, <laughs> his his biggest calling card is what that he's big, like yep. he's six seven quarterback. Yeah, he's he's that prototypical size. Mm. Like when that's your best thing is like you just look like someone that could play quarterback. You're not a good quarterback, and so uh, for Denver, they've got so many problems on the offensive side of the ball. And here's the first thing that gets me. Like, for the Eagles, it's such a nice thing. We get spoiled here because you can go to six different players on the offense. Like, they have games where ten guys are catching the ball, and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, you know, I understand why Trey Burton got a catch. I get it, Marcus Johnson. Yeah, you know, fine. Uh, for Denver, like, it's Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, Anderson, Charles, and, like, they throw it to some of the tight ends here and there, but there's no one really reliable. I, I just think, well, how about this? For me, I, I think the way they're using Demarius Thomas is awful. Oh, no question. Yes. Right? It's like, a travesty. Right? Like he's he's a top flight wide receiver and they don't run screens for him. They're not like they're not doing any cuz Simeon can't pass. So I get it. He's not going to be throwing the ball like 30 yards downfield all the time, but they're not doing anything to like try to do jet sweeps or wide receiver screens or like quick drag routes. Like they're they're doing nothing with that guy. For the Eagles, it's a great thing, but just from from the outside analysis point of like, what are these guys doing? It's really like, what in the hell are these guys doing? And plus, he's not giving it all either. He, you could tell out there he does not want to be out there. He is playing so nonchalant and has the biggest laissez-faire attitude I've ever seen. I mean, you put him in an offense like even if he sent him down there with Cam Newton, he would blow up, man. But he just he just doesn't give it. He doesn't give it to you. I I just don't see it from him. I tell you, I had. I like Demarius Thomas. He he wears number eighty eight. You know, I I take pride in that number first and foremost. But when I really started to question him was the Super Bowl against the, the Seahawks. He ran that slant and he got body rocked, and that dude every bit of pride left his body, and he just checked out of that game. And anytime you see someone check out of a game like the Super Bowl. You always have to question his heart. Yep. So uh, w- with me, you know, when I watch him, it's it's disappointing that they're not using him right. But I really have to wonder, you know, is there something that Mike McCoy is seeing to cause him to not do it? Because McCoy is a pretty good play caller, you, you know. So I, I just wonder to myself, why is he not using his best weapon on offense to the fullest? So that's something just to kind of throw something else in, into the mix. Yeah, because like. Mike McCoy, an interesting guy, because you know he got the head coaching job and it, it didn't work out well with the Chargers. But Frank Wright was his OC there. Yeah, that's right. And so uh, now he's back with Denver. He, he's done the Brock Osweiler cycle as well, <laughs> so maybe they're a perfect match. But uh, the thing with McCoy, it's like he's got an offense here that is really incredibly limited. Uh, you can't lean on your quarterback. Your running backs, like I think Anderson is a good running back, and even Charles, he looks okay in, in the few spots where they're putting him in there. He, he's not totally shot, so they're they're fine, but they're not guys that you can lean on and win a game with. But like you don't necessarily ride C.J. Anderson to victory because he can't create a ton of yards on his own. So when you've got an offense that's like this limited, specifically, let's talk about the offensive line. When the offensive line, with the way that they're playing right now, I mean, what do you do as a coach to try to make it work against an Eagles defense that is just playing this well right now? Quick passing game. That's all you can do. They're going to play off. They're going to play off. So this is the week you run those slants. Eagles, the way you answer that, uh, you, you pull Kendrick aside, Bradham, hey, look, 88 comes into, into your area. Your assignment is to blow him up. 
So that, that's how you defend it. But that's what I would do personally. Quick pass the game. That's going to alleviate uh, the, the pass rush up front because these guys aren't going to have that time to get to the quarterback. But then at the same time, defensively, you know what they'll need to do. if Knowing you can't get to the quarterback, stop your rush, jump up, so you can knock the ball down. Osweiler gets the ball, and I don't care if he's 6'7 or not, he gets the ball knocked down frequently. So that's something to, to keep in mind. I think that um, that's the only way you can go going in against our defense. They're going to rush the passer so well that you have to find a way in which you can get the ball out of your hands as fast as you can, and that's all you can do. It's a short passing game. They're not going to allow you to run. At this point, penetration kills runner plays. And I tell you what, Timmy Jernigan still is by far the best acquisition we got as mm-hmm. far as a trade this year. He is the real deal, and because of him, everything else is working. You can you can you cannot run on him. And because of that, teams are trying to find other ways in which they can beat this defense. Yep, generate offense a different way. I agree on Jernigan. You know, when that that signing was made, I remember right in the, the other studio over here with JB and, and with uh, Seltzer, you know, talking about how big of a move this is for them. So it's good to see him come out and, you know, deliver on, on, on the promise that I felt that he brought. Yeah, and he's got a chance to feast this week because the Broncos, man, they're okay in pass protection. I wouldn't say they're good, but they're not awful. Their run blocking sucks. Yeah, <laughs> I mean they can't they can't get a three yard gain like they, You know, and to to be that incompetent in the running game is just so damning for them because it's like you can't even get to the point where all right, Teron, you're saying like let's do quick slants and that's how we're going to get the ball moving here. You know, get the get the ball out of your hands within a second or two and we're just going to dink and dunk our way down the field. Well, when it gets to the point where you're trying to run on first down, second down, you can't get any yardage and sometimes you're getting negative yardage. More more often than they should, they're getting negative yardage. Like when you're in those situations, your third down situations are not good and you got to throw it a little bit further. And for a guy like Osweiler who's getting his first start in a while and all that stuff, he's not going to be comfortable. He's got the defense coming after him and if you're Schwartz like if I'm Jim Schwartz in this game, I have no problems just blitzing the crap out of Brock Osweiler. <laughs> right. right? Like, why give the guy any respect whatsoever? Because he's never played any good football, really, to speak of. And they've only got two guys on offense that you worry about catching the ball. And even then, the corners can tackle. Like, Rasul's done a good job tackling. Jalen Mills can tackle. He gets thrown at a million times. But he's, as much as it happens, he's not allowing big plays. Like, I, I think defensively, the Eagles should and will be, like, hyper-aggressive in this one. I would knock the snot out of them in the blitz game. That's what you do, man. Just blitz them a little bit. You know, get them uncomfortable back there. And understand that this team you should beat. That's the attitude they should have. This team you should beat, period, point blank, man. Yeah, no doubt. And, like, I I look at this game, and it it was weird because a couple of weeks ago, if you go back, I mean, the last, like, four games they've really stunk on the offensive side of the ball. First couple, not that Simeon was good. I didn't think he was terrible. And they were able to get up some points. You know, like, so early in the year you're like, oh, man, this could be a really tough game. You got Uh Denver coming into town, uh great defense, competent. Like, C.J. Anderson was rolling then. He had a game, you know, fantasy-wise, put on like 30 points. Right, he did. Yeah, I remember that. Was he on your team? You smiled really wide on that. Yeah, because, I mean, (laughs) you know, San Diego, I thought, all right, you know, they beat up on San Diego, you know. Come on now, now. I look and see now. It's trash. I mean, because they're even the route combinations that they are trying to run. It's, it's just, it's 
it doesn't make sense to me. You know, I, I'm thinking like, well, uh, well what know. are they doing? What are the route combinations? You don't know? like what? What is what's the game everything, plan in there? Every, well, they when they had Saunders, they everything was just a go route, a go route in a, in a deep end. If you go, you have one guy clear out a deep end, and they can't get those those uh, passes off because of, you know the offensive line is getting blown up. Yeah, the defensive line can easily reestablish a defensive line three yards back with this offensive line, and these guys just play so bad. So bad. They just don't have any heart, you know, to to be good, I guess. I, I, I don't understand. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe it's like uh, Demarius Thomas, like Teron was saying earlier. Like, they, they've just kind of checked out, and they're, they're there, and they're playing, but they're, their heart's not really in it. Uh, another guy who's really felt that way to me, too, and, and Teron, you called it with him getting benched last week, Terrell Pryor. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That guy just looks so disinterested in everything that's going on in Washington. It's it's unbelievable. I think that's the whole squad, though. You know it's what? getting that way. There's a lot more to uh, – I'll say this. Um, there's a lot more to that Terrell Pryor situation down there than, than what a lot of people know. And, uh, yeah, I'm surprised – uh, he's he's still around. To well, be honest with you, are you but, suggesting that things are not stable in Washington? <laughs> oh <laughs> no, so I mean that, that's that's like saying it's, it's <laughs> it, you know it's it's, it's going to be cold tonight. It, yeah, <laughs> things are very unstable down there, but that's status quo with with, with that organization. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it, well, it's so interesting too because. Like, for the Eagles, you look at Jeffrey, who finally... And, like, how important was that for him to finally get that big play? Because And that type of play. Yeah, exactly. Because the expectations on him and the numbers aren't there. And it's just... Not that he was playing poorly. He was doing everything they asked him to do. But uh, you want numbers. And for him, he's on a one-year deal. So you're looking for that, that next contract. Like, to have him get that big play is nice. But at the same time, too, you think about it. And it's like, man, thank God we got Jeffrey instead of Terrell Pryor. Right. Because just, just the way all of that has shaken out... You, you gotta feel I think so if, good. If, if Pryor was here, it would be a whole different Pryor. And 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 that's the thing. It goes to the veterans in 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 that uh, in that locker room. You look at, at Washington. DJ Swearinger went down there and in one training camp became a team captain. Right. <laughs> what? <laughs> he is what horrible. kind of sense is that? Does that make? And I'm not even talking about the quality of player. It's just how can you become a team captain? Well, I, I mean, look, of one I, year. I, I think the game showed that uh, right. the, the Eagles Redskins game. Yeah. But it's just like in 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 one training camp, you become a captain. So that tells you the degree of leadership in that building. Here, you got Malcolm. You you got Carson, who is is really becoming an outstanding leader on both offense and defense. You know, you got Fletcher. You got guys who who will tap you on the shoulder and say, "Look, man, I don't know what you did in Cleveland. That's not flying here." And Doug Peterson talked about that because that's the whole situation with uh, uh, Jay Ajayi. And I thought it was cool that he he talked about his excuse me his Packer days. Right, Andre Risen came with with a boatload of, of of baggage and and they overcame it. Who scored the first touchdown in the Super Bowl? <laughs> Andre Bad Moon Rising. You know, and that just shows the importance of, of a locker room. So when you mention that, that's 100% true. I think prior will be much different here. But, hey, you know what? It's great to not even have to look at that situation because they got Alshon. Alshon has become an outstanding leader among the receiver group, especially uh, a big brother to, to Nelson Aguilar. So I guess he's my stepson. You know? <laughs> but at the end of the day, he, he's, he's been a – that was obviously the better move. Well, yeah, and so the, the leadership in the locker room is such an important thing too because going into this game for the Eagles – uh, if you want to keep count of just like the general public's thought here, they've gone through four trap games. You know, it was like 
the Cardinals are a trap game, the Chargers are a trap game, the Niners are a trap game, and, and there was another one mixed in there somewhere. I can't remember who. But it was like every week it felt like they were going through a trap game. And through all those games, it, it's uh, – oh, the Giants were the other one because they were they were 0-4 at that point. Mm. So uh, they were able to go into all those games. One way or another, it gut out these tough wins or stomp out the Cardinals, stomp out the Niners. They've done so much of what they're supposed to do. And so going into this game – like if they didn't have that kind of leadership and, and that kind of stability, you might wonder about how they would fare in a kind of game like this. But I feel like you can project with at least enough of an idea what they're going to give you in this week. And, and for me, I'm, I'm expecting a win here against the yeah. Broncos at home. Yeah, yeah and I think that's, that has a lot to do with what happened last year. They jumped out really, really strong, won all those games, and I call them September Super Bowls. You know, huh. we've, we've won our fair share of September Super Bowls being hot, going out there, and then laying an egg. Well, they understand that they don't want to lay an egg like they did last year. They don't want to go into this year and not give their all and and, and just be just one-hit wonders. They want to make sure they establish themselves as a dominant team, and I think that's what they've done. Because they had all the trials and tribulations last year, it put them in a better position to represent themselves and understand what it takes to keep on winning and keep consistent and not go through um, playing to the level of their competition. Yeah, so with all of that, we're going to go to the picks. Hit me! It's time to ring the bell and play some bets. Hey, I don't want your money punching my money. Here come our NFL picks. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. The Sportsbook at Delaware Park is where you can wager and watch all of the pro football games on Sunday. Go to DelawarePark.com for more details. Delaware Park is a lottery agent for the Delaware Lottery. Must be 21 to play. So the first game that we've got here in the picks, you've got the Atlanta Falcons going to play the Carolina Panthers. In Carolina, Carolina's giving a point to Atlanta. Teron, you you look uh, perplexed by this one. What are your thoughts? I, I don't get that, but uh, you know I'm going to say go with the Falcons. I think that's a sure shot. Now that being said, don't bet your mortgage on this. I'm not, you know, telling you to go out <laughs> and do that. But I, yeah, if I had to take, I, I would definitely take the Falcons in this one. I'm taking the Falcons because they're just. I mean, they're going they're going to score points on that defense. They're not as good as what we thought they were, and and I, I think that this this is finally a time where Muhammad's new and and uh, you know. Matty Ice really get it going, and uh, Julio Jones finally gets that game, with the you know, 100-yard game, and what she's been looking for. Yeah, and the other thing is, too, Carolina, he just traded away Kelvin Benjamin, as, which is ridiculous. It was crazy, uh-huh. absolutely crazy that they ridiculous. did that. So you can't imagine that that's going to carry over well into that game either. Uh, next up, <laughs> this one's fun just because it's, it's such a bad matchup. You've got the Houston Texans playing the Colts. So the Colts are traveling to Houston. Houston's giving 12 and a half points right now to the Colts. Is that enough? Uh, but we'll start with you, Teron. Normally, I would take that, but the Texans are going to be playing without their left tackle. Barrett talked about the importance of having the right guy at left tackle. Deshaun Watson is playing out of this world, though. I'm tempted to say Texans, but I would say go with the Colts. Yeah, go gonna- against it. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. With, I'm still gonna go with the Texans. I mean, at this point, you know, Deshaun Watson is playing out of his mind. Fuller has become his major target, mm. and uh, you know, Hopkins is is reaping the benefits of this young kid too. So, I'm gonna go with them 
with the over also. <laughs> I'm going to go with the over also. <laughs> yeah, and for the Colts, it's they had a little bit of magic with Brissett early on. It doesn't seem to quite be the same thing. So uh, as people are catching up to him as well, I'm looking at Houston with 12 and a half, and I'm like, yeah, you know what, sure. I, I want to jump in. Partially, I just like seeing Texan, the Texans do the things they're doing right now. Like Watching Deshaun Watson play is just so much fun. I mean, Divisional another, game, another, though. Divisional game. Another another uh, ex-New England trade. <laughs> Playing quarterback, Brissett. Yeah, yeah. They, they spread them all over the place. Isn't it bro. crazy, right? Because like Malik got traded, Garoppolo gets traded. Uh, I'm trying to Matt think. Castle. Matt Castle. Yeah, that's the he's the OG <laughs> of it all. Yeah, man. Matt Castle. Yeah, Matt. Ca- it was Matt Castle and Vrabel for a second round pick. Like yep. it, they they've moved all of these guys around, and it, it's just so impressive. And none though. of them done anything well, either. Mm. I know, and it's the same with like all the assistant coaches too, right? Yep. Like how's Charlie Weiss doing? Right. Oh well, yeah, that's right. So uh, let's see one more before we go to the Eagles pick here. So the Washington Redskins are going into Seattle. And right now, Seattle's giving them eight points, Barrett. Ooh, that's tough, man. That's tough. That's really, really tough. In Seattle? In Seattle. Because, mm, I mean, their offense isn't that good either. But I'm, a guy, I'm still going to go with Seattle. I'm going to go with Seattle. So, you know, the 12th man is the only reason why, too. I'm going to go eight. with Seattle also. But uh, that secondary isn't exactly the Legion of Doom anymore. I still go with Seattle, though. I, I, I always like Vernon Davis against the Seahawks, especially against Cam Chancellor, because uh, that's a that's a, matchup a matchup that, I, yes. that I, I like to watch. And that's why Those I was guys, saying it, yep. They go at it, man. Yep. So I, I'm still going to go with the Seahawks, man. Little Tyler Lockett, you know, that's 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 a guy that's fun to watch. And you know, I, um, he, uh, I played me and his father. Me and his pops played two years in Kansas State together. You know, when I with first – when I first met Tyler at, at Senior Bowl, I kept calling him Kevin. Did you? <laughs> I kept calling him. And that's, that's how even to this day, like, that's our joke. You know what I'm saying? And I kept calling him Kevin as his dad. Yeah, you know I played I mean? with Kevin. <laughs> I, I kept calling him that. But uh, I, I think they win that game. Angry Doug Baldwin is another one I like to oh, watch. Baldwin's so, great. So if Doug if, if Doug Baldwin goes against Josh Norman, man, that's, that's, that's worth the cost of a mission. You know, because – because uh, Baldwin is like a, a Steve Smith part two. Yeah, you know what is. I mean? So I'm only going to like him naturally. Yeah. All right. So for me, I, I think I go Seattle in this one as well. Part of it is offensive lines, right? Like, Well, Seattle just added the left tackle. Yeah. So they brought in Dwayne Brown from Houston. And then on top of that, Washington's line is just such a disaster right now. Everybody's hurt. Yeah, they're signing guys off the street and starting them. Like it, It's crazy what, what they're having to go through. So uh, just with all of that alone... I'll give it to Seattle. So now here's the big one that everyone's mm-hmm. been waiting for. <laughs> the Philadelphia Eagles versus the Broncos. So for the Eagles at home, right now I've got them giving eight points to Denver. And Barrett, we'll start with you. Mm. It's going to be a defensive battle. Eight points to Denver. i got to be a homer. I'm going with the homer. I'm a homer. <laughs> I'm going with the Eagles. They're going to put up 28-10. I'm going with the Eagles. Twenty-eight, ten. I got twenty to fourteen. That line opened up at seven and a half. Osweiler was named starter. It, I saw some areas that moved to nine, uh, but just saying eight. I still, uh, I, I go with the the Broncos. I'm not saying the Broncos win the game for those of you who don't, you know, try to murder <laughs> me on Twitter. Okay, I'm just saying the Broncos will hold against the line, twenty to fourteen. Okay, yeah, see, I was in about the same ballpark. 
I had to predict the score earlier today, and I went with twenty-one thirteen. But in this mm-hmm. case, the line is eight, so I'm not gonna so I'm not, not gonna, gonna push pick it the out. Push. I can't pick the push. That's a coward's move. Uh, in that case, I'm going to go. I'm with Barrett. I'm going with the over, just because it's. And you know what it is? It's in part. I mean, just the way the matchups and how bad the offense is for for Denver. But now you've got Osweiler in there. And the amount of pressure that he's going to deal with, if that guy doesn't turn the ball over, I'll be stunned. So I'm mm. expecting at least a, at least an interception, if not like a sack fumble. You know what I mean? Like he, he could have a really, really bad welcome back game in this one. So uh, with that, I'll take the over for the Eagles. And with that, the show is over. So uh, Teron Davenport, Barrett Brooks, thanks for joining me on the preview show, guys. No problem. We appreciate you uh, having us on and – allowing this thing to go to the next level. Next Level Podcast, that's brought to you by Clip It, so definitely make sure you guys go to clipit.tv and make sure you download that app. We didn't get to break down any plays this week, but we will for sure break them down next week. Make sure you follow me on Twitter, at tdavenport underscore NFL. And Barrett? At Barrett Brooks 72 NBC. And for me, you can find me on Twitter at It's Vince Quinn. One word, nice and simple. It's Vince Quinn. Uh, happy to host the show with you. Hope you enjoyed it. Feel free to give us ratings, five stars, all that good kind of stuff. Uh, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, whatever you're listening to us on. There's a million different things now. So give us a good rating on all that. Tell your friends. Why not? Uh, <laughs> so with that, that's the end of the show. Uh, Eagles victory. Get ready to celebrate. It's going to be 8-1 and one going into the bye, and we'll talk to you next week. Deuces. Stretch your hand and I'm going to chop it off. I dare you ask for a favor from your boss's boss. Shrimp, scampi, angel head noodles, white wine sauce. Rwanda and the Ross, reload the Nina Ross. Settle metal when I'm focused on the green Dinetto. Hocus Pocus, Gucci Lopez, cake with bacon soda. Cake for soldiers move away from Maine to Nova Scotia. Bang revolvers, problem solvers, that and pain the mothers. Lost a child, clips from play when they hear Belial. Nightmares, walking dead cause they sleep dead. You either sheep or shed, be scared and cut to pieces. I lust for custom coops with the honey mustard features. Butterfly doors, a whore that makes wine or sober. Her beauty stunning, plus she funny, that's the proper order. Head nods and cat calls, cuz it's pops in order. Yeah, I'm stunting all the world is my stage show. Dallas streets cruising around about 4 a.m. Just that fly shit, type you never seen again. No meats, no leather, I'm just pimping a pit. We live that life that you're wishing against. More money, more power, more women and shit. It's me and I'm motherfucker.